This is FD Talks, a brand new podcast series by Funeral Directors Live, where we explore ideas, insights, and solutions for serving families in a rapidly changing marketplace. Well, hello. In the studio today, we have Chris Seal, President and CEO of Funeral Directors Live. Chris, I'm so glad you were able to, to, to meet with me in such a short time because, you know, here, here we are finishing up the first quarter of yeah. the year and what what kind of things were you thinking about like in January how we were after Christmas and getting ready to start the year what were some some thoughts and some some goals that you wanted to try to get taken care of well you know 2020 was just a shocker to all of us because we were essentially making changes uh, to how we were doing business essentially every 10 days or so. I mean, news would come out, and so we were having to react to the news. And so, you know, again, as so, as a business leader, when you see problems or issues coming up and things like this, that, that there were really no answers because it was unprecedented, right? I mean, obviously we talk about we'd love to have precedented for a while. We're tired of unprecedented. Well, it was it was unprecedented because we were having to make decisions based upon limited information. And we were hearing so much opinion and so many different uh, angles and sides and, and, you know, again, opinions that we really were trying to find the facts. And that was an issue that was really difficult to work through. But, you know, as a leader, you can decide, do you want to fight or do you want to freeze? Uh, We chose to fight. And so we came up with different ways and methods in which we could fight. By having more webinars, for example, and you know, we, we were fortunate in that we had a Zoom room set up in January, just trying to do some things technology-wise to ensure that, that in the future we would be able to play in that technology field. Without that, I don't know what we would have done, but we held over 100 different webinars and Zoom-type meetings, whether that was our Wolfelt experience or whether it was helping uh, funeral home owners and some independent contractors uh, with uh, PPP loans. You know, we had so much of that going on that we started figuring out when it got to January, okay, here are some things we need to focus on. Here are some plans we need to make as we come out of COVID-19 not reacting anymore to news or opinions and and such, but what we were going to do to be solid, to move forward in a solid fashion. So because we knew, for example, with with the insurance businesses, that there would be issues involving financials, financial uh, issues because of the lack of new business that would come in because of COVID-19. What we were preparing for was the onslaught of additional business because of what we termed would be pent-up demand. In other words, once funeral service got back to more or less normal, there would be some people, because of deaths that occurred during all the COVID-19 period, who really would desire to have a great pre-planned funeral, right? So those were things we focused on, is how we could get better through, uh, through doing using technology and using the digital sources that we were uncovering during COVID-19 to really try to expand um, our company and to expand our reach because we felt like families would be coming back toward funeral service rather than going away from it. That's, that is pretty interesting. And, and, you know, all of that was happening in 2019 or during 2020, all of that was happening 
and trying to maintain a staff at that time was was also a challenge because we were f- facing mandates of uh, social distancing to the yeah. point where you know we had folks that were staying home. Right. Oh, no question, Rob. And that was an issue for us. I mean, obviously, we had things set up. Uh, we didn't realize how well we had things set up. I mean, we were just planning for the future, for example, with technology. And so we were moving everyone toward having a laptop that, that was in our home office. And, and even some of our remote people, we were assisting them with technology. We also had a virtual private ne- network, a VPN, that had never been tested that was what was crazy. These things had never been tested. And so what happened was all of a sudden we were having people having to work from home and it was it was starting to test us. And you know what? This is the crazy thing, Rob. It it everything we had done in the past to prepare with technology paid off. So we weren't we didn't shut down. We did things, too, like uh, uh, continuing to pay our people and not furloughing anyone or laying anyone off, number one. Number two, if we had uh, salespeople who were our employees, we ensured that they continued to have their commissions and such because we knew that once we came out of this, we would need all those people on staff, all our salespeople ready to go because uh, of of what would happen, of this pent-up demand that I talked about earlier. It was critical for us to make sure that we didn't have to rehire or try to rehire, or if we had to go hire new people, the time it would take to retrain them. And so we came we came out of all this, and again, we're still somewhat in it, but we've really come a long way and come out of this fully prepared to take on the future. That's that's interesting too because um, you know me and my team we we do video we do a lot of video production and we travel yeah um, that it was it was pretty difficult to travel last year <laughs> um, but there towards the end um, restrictions started easing up a little yeah. bit and we were able to start doing that and starting to get into to, to funeral homes towards the end of the year um, we were seeing you know a lot of that that COVID fatigue I think is a pretty oh, common yeah. thing but. Um, Something that's happened in the past few months in this first quarter that I wanted to share with you, it's kind of one of the reasons why I called you in, mm-hmm. is because funeral homes now, uh, there's new energy. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you how many funeral directors that I've talked to who have said, you know, we started Zooming. We are now doing these things. We're now embracing technology like we never have before. And they're proud of themselves. Yeah. I mean, they feel empowered and they are excited about the new uh, the new ways that they're going to be able to serve, you know, today's changing funeral consumer. I, I love seeing that because I really, we expected to go in and see just everybody just downtrodden and just yeah. just beat down. But Chris, that people are excited, yeah. and I think that there's going to be growing demand for more uh, technology based uh, tools um, that are funeral centric, that are that are designed specifically to help funeral directors save, uh, serve families. I don't think there's any question, Rob. And I think you're exactly right. I have seen with the funeral homeowners I stay in touch with that they are very excited about what they can now do that they didn't realize they could do. And, you know, I get questions, for example, about live streaming all the time, even though we're, we're, our companies aren't really in the business of doing live streaming. They're asking us, what about this technology? Can you help us a little bit with it and such? You know, the things that we're working on and that we have available, for example, through Pasari, as an example, a company is, that's part of our, our, our family of companies. Pasari has done an incredible job. We've been getting calls now. Instead of having to go out and sell a funeral home owner on Pasari, they now get it. 
because Pasari is a cloud-based system, which means they can use any device anywhere, anytime to access their data and information for any funeral service that they may have and, and any family that they're working with and any, uh, any person that they've taken into their care. They're capable of accessing that information from anywhere because it's cloud-based. And Pasari is a company that's one of the few uh, that is cloud-based. And, you know, you, when you go through something like COVID-19 and you go through, you know, you not being able to be at your office, for example, because you're having to quarantine or whatever, man, what a luxury to be able to, to access that information from home or from wherever you are. Uh, you know, and you can be even on vacation or, or, or gone from somewhere, and now you can access that information and, and work just as if you were at the funeral home itself. You know, I think what I'm seeing is funeral home owners really responding to that. It's resonating like it's never resonated before. I mean, when you start having them call us about, hey, I know about Pasari, I know it's cloud-based, I know I know things now that I didn't know before all this COVID-19 stuff. And they're excited about getting that software implemented in their funeral home and getting their funeral directors and all the people that are affiliated with their funeral home to use it. That's what the big thing is. They've really gotten more proactive about getting their, their staffs to use it. So, I mean... Just kind of like what you were talking about, the process that, that, that you had in place that you were, I guess a good word would be unconsciously competent <laughs> in, in being prepared for something as, as crazy as a pandemic. So what is some good advice? Um, how, how, how would a, would you advise a funeral home to be uh, to prepare to be in a good position in the event that something else like this might happen? Yeah, that is a great point. You know, there's, there's several things they can do. You know, number one is, you know, a lot of funeral homes historically have not looked at their pre-need program as an asset. And, man, I want to come back and say your pre-need program is a huge asset because it helps people think about these things in advance, number one. And number two, they funded the funeral itself. You know, and, and those are important things to understand. I mean, if the funeral's been funded, then that gives the funeral home the access to the money when a death does occur. But the big thing is that we have been seeing, and we're promoting now more than ever, is the importance of integrating the marketing of at-need funeral marketing and pre-need funeral marketing. Historically, Rob, those have been apart. You would do pre-need marketing, and then you would do marketing for your funeral home. Now, what we're er encouraging all our clients to do is merge those two because the, the two types of marketing now really belong together, and working together, they can accomplish so much more. So I think having a solid pre-need funeral program and maybe even getting a little more active with that program, uh, bringing in uh, you know, an active sales approach, a salesperson perhaps, you know, these types of things will help generate more pre-need funeral sales for the funeral home, but also will cause more advertising and marketing to occur for both the pre-need and the at-need side. So I think that that's one huge key, Rob. Being a marketer, knowing that that messaging, how important that messaging really is. Yeah. If you have continuity among your pre-need and your at-need messaging, people are going to get to know the funeral home a, a little better than they would if they the first experience was with them at an at-need situation. Oh, absolutely. And that that's so true. And that's so important. You know, even when someone 
purchases a pre-need. It's staying in touch with that family and ensuring they they understand the end-of-life things they need to be planning for. And we, we, through Funeral Directors Life, have a plan for that we call pre-care to really help families stay in touch with the fact that they need to continue to think about pre-planning, not just their funeral, but other things, and reminding them that they actually have a pre-arranged funeral, you know, because sometimes they forget. You know, the other thing that we did here um, at, at our office, and again, as you said, unconsciously competent, which is very true, but we were starting to really work on our facilities uh, to ensure that we had plenty of space for growth, that we had, that, that we were looking for, to, toward the future with something uh, in mind. And, and I think, too, Rob, as part of not, not only facilities, but as strategic planning. You know, we went through a strategic planning process, guess when? In August of 2020, when things were really heating up, we were going through and developing a 2024 vision plan. So we were trying to think about what the future was going to look like and what we would need to be prepared for. But that's when we started expanding our facilities, which helped us in the COVID-19 period because we were able to spread out when we needed to spread out. You know, if we needed social distancing, we were capable of having social distancing. So it really worked to our advantage to have facilities that were set up for, quote unquote, a situation like this, uh, the unprecedented event. You know, so that that's what I'm, you know, I would encourage uh, funeral homeowners to really look at their facilities, to think about their strategic plan. You know, and I know a lot of funeral homes don't really think about that. They're, they're not really looking at the future. They're just trying to take care of the next family. But it's so important sometimes to work on your business rather than just working in your business. And that's stepping away and taking some time to say, okay, what is my mission statement? What are my, my strategic objectives? What are the things I want to accomplish over the next four, five, six years? So that you can really set yourself up to shoot for something. You know, if you don't have any goals, then you're, you're, you're going to attain them, which is nothing. You know, you've got to have those goals out in front of you, those strategic objectives that help you to prepare for the future. And then you, you set up quarterly priorities that will help you work toward the achievement of those strategic objectives. So I think it's important for funeral homes now to think about those things. I mean, we've been through this pandemic. We've gotten through it. Funeral homes were busier than they've ever been. And now they need to really step back and say, okay, what should I do about this? What's going to happen in the future? Will we see our funeral home not be quite as busy as it was over the last five or six months? You know, And that's perhaps the truth. And so they need to focus on how will they prepare for what's coming in the future. So again, Rob, I think that, that those two things, developing that strategic plan and focusing on your facilities and getting them right for this new funeral consumer that we've got going on, it's important at this stage. You know, another thing, Rob, that we, we've been focusing on is how we here uh, with Funeral Directors Life and with Pasari and Directors Investment Group and Directors Business Solutions and all of our sister companies, Claim Check, we have been focusing on, on one big thing, and that is, you know, no one really became a funeral director to do accounting. No one really became a funeral director in order to do HR work. 
No one really became a funeral director to collect on insurance assignments and try to dog insurance companies to pay them because we know that's a difficult task, particularly through all this COVID-19 stuff. You know, and, and the other thing is sometimes I've seen funeral homeowners think that they really know how to do advertising and marketing. And that's not really what they're, they're geared to do. That's not why they became a funeral director. And what we want to do is help funeral directors really do the things that only they can do, right? So, for example, they're the only ones who can take care of a loved one who's passed away. They're the only ones who can do that. They're the only ones who can serve that family, who can assist them in a time of need. They're the only ones who can do that. They're the only ones who can get out in the community and be active in the community and, and really promote the value of funeral service. They're the only ones who can do that. But allow outsourcing to occur, to assist with accounting, to assist with HR, to assist with marketing. Man, have we seen huge results when funeral directors allow us to help them with their at-need and pre-need marketing. It's been hugely successful. Let Claim Check help you with insurance assignments, you know, uh, because you can get really bogged down. If you've got a lot of funerals going on, it's really hard to collect on insurance assignments when you're working funerals. You know, that's number one. Number two, you run into all these insurance companies who really prefer not to pay the death claim, you know, and, and they would prefer not to. And so you have to really stay on the phone and you have to really get after them. We found that even some companies, you know, four or five hours on hold. That's crazy. So, you know, if you can turn that over and let, allow someone else to do it as a funeral home owner or a funeral director, that frees up your time to actually serve the family better. And that's what we want to really emphasize, Rob, is, is get back to doing what funeral directors need to be doing, and that's taking care of those families. And let us do all the other work that we possibly can. And there's even other companies that you could outsource to that make sense. And that's what we're talking about. In addition to that, one other, one other thing I wanted to add, because we've really focused <clears throat> over the past several years on developing younger leaders. And this has been an issue in funeral service for quite some time because everyone is concerned about the, the new funeral directors coming out of mortuary school. I mean, I get it all the time about, man, can you guys help us with recruiting? You know, uh, and, and we can, but we have to be better leaders in funeral service. And that's what I want to emphasize. You know, I had the good fortune of, I, I do a lot of reading. And one of the books that I read years ago was John Maxwell's Five Levels of Leadership. And he talks about becoming a fifth-level leader. And that's a different type of leader. That's a leader who intentionally helps others become leaders. And that was a level I wanted to attain. I didn't think I could, but I felt like maybe I could put some things in place to become a better leader, specifically of younger people that I saw some opportunity with. And so we've started a leadership development academy here at the company. And fortunately, over the last eight years, we've had this in place for eight years, we've brought 12 people through the leadership development academy. And all 12 of those people, well, 11 of the 12 have stayed with our company and we've put them into leadership positions, you know, which has been incredible to watch. In addition to that, we established a little mentor program where people who are current employees can learn more about becoming leaders or taking on more responsibility, and we want to help them with that. So these are the, and we, we even have an intern program where we bring juniors in college in to help them work in the specific areas that they're getting their degree and assist them in understanding how they can be better 
leading in what we call a 360 degree way, leading up, leading sideways, and leading down, but being effective at that leadership. You know, even as a young person coming out and having those thoughts about how I can be a leader. And those are things that I think are very important. And I think it's things that we in funeral service have shied away from. In other words, we, hey, I'm, I'm the funeral homeowner. I'm the leader. No, well, we, we can help younger people become leaders and assist us in that. Also setting up the opportunity then for succession planning, which most funeral homeowners don't think about until the end, you know. So I would encourage funeral homeowners to get involved in some type of leadership development or succession type planning when they, they are looking to bring someone on to work in their funeral home. As we start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with the pandemic and, and more and more people are becoming vaccinated, yeah. um, public, uh, public confidence is up and people are really starting to, to get out and, and connect with each other again. What are, what are some, some, do you have any predictions on, on what we can expect in funeral service later on this year? You know, I think we're going to see the death rate slow down a little bit. That's number one. I sure hope that's true. Yeah. I Obviously, going through this COVID-19 period has been crazy for funeral homes. It's been crazy for us as a pre-need funeral insurance company. I mean, it's it's, it's been crazy. So I, I see that backing off. Now, again, aging of the baby boomers, we've been talking about this for years. I think we're seeing some of that come in now. So claim, claims and uh, deaths uh, you know, are naturally going up a bit. But obviously through COVID-19, it just was a, a flood. Uh, and it was you know, unfortunate in, on several levels. But I, I think that's going to happen. I do think we are going to see funeral homes uh, getting more involved in technology now, like we talked about earlier. I think technology is going to become a big deal at the funeral home now. They're, they're going to take it a lot more seriously than they have before. Again, I've been talking to funeral homes asking me about live streaming that they were hardly asking me about. I mean, that they asked me about years ago about, uh, you know, should I get a new computer? You know, it's one of those deals to where it's, it's, they now see it, you know, you get it. When you go through something like we've been through, you get it. The other situation that I think is families are going to be more responsive to funeral, funeral services. And in the past, you know, we've all been concerned that families were getting away from the value of funeral service. I think through all this COVID-19 period, and actually the press maybe even did us a favor, which is highly unusual in our, our profession. You know, they, they did us a favor by talking about deaths that were occurring and how families weren't capable of getting together and the importance of family. I mean, those things were coming out in mainstream media, which had never happened before or were actually going the opposite direction before. So I think some of those things got people to thinking about the value of family. And, you know, when you couldn't go see your, your mother or father or your grandmother or grandfather in a nursing home, you know, that, that you couldn't go see them, you couldn't be with them, and it hurt people. I think that really caused families to understand the value of getting together and m- memorialization even. Uh, I had a death occur in my family. Uh, my aunt passed away and uh, in April of last year. And so we had to do funeral arrangements during this time. And I had to try to get family together, and I couldn't. And it hurt me. It hurt my family. They all wanted to get together. You know, as my last, the, the last um, person of that generation uh, in our family died. And, and our family wanted to get together and couldn't, you know. 
um, I'm definitely going to have a funeral funeral in the future once things really um, settle down completely. But I think that also what I learned is funerals may get more uh, in a planning state rather than happening two or three or four days after the funeral. They may be planned a couple of weeks later or three or four weeks later, and that's okay. A lot of funeral directors are sensitive to that and don't think that's a good idea. They think that people will lose their um, lose this, this feeling of grief if they wait three or four weeks. I don't agree with that. I think people still have that. I still have it, and my, my aunt died almost a year ago. So it's one of those things where I think we have to really consider how we can be better planners of funerals rather than allowing families to quote-unquote dictate the times in which we have the funeral or encouraging them to have funerals two or three days from the date of the death. You know, I mean, I, I hear funeral homeowners comp- have complained in the past, you know, about families waiting some time. But I tell you what, the way our world is and the way society is these days, you know, we, we, we see the dispersed families, and it's difficult to get family back if you do things quickly. And so if we're able to, to, to stretch it out to, say, two or three weeks where someone can plan to get to the funeral— I think we're going to see uh, we're going to see funerals done better. I mean that that's counter to what a lot of funeral homes are saying. I'm sure a lot of funeral directors who are out there listening to me talk are going, "You are absolutely insane." But I'm telling you, I think it's better. In addition to that, I think it's going to be easier to hire help when you can do better planning and and plan things out into the future. And when you can tell a family, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to have the funeral on this date, but we can have it here in two weeks or three weeks. I mean, that seems counter, again, to everything a funeral home owner or funeral director thinks. But in my opinion, to prognosticate a little bit, if we don't move that way, I think it will go back to, again, hurting our profession. If we're not better planners of funerals, if we're actually doing funeral directing rather than allowing the family to direct. You see what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying. And that's tough. I mean, this is a little tough love to all my funeral homeowner friends. Now, remember, funeral homeowner friends, I've been in the funeral business ever since I was born. I moved into the funeral home three days after I was born, okay? So I've been around the business a while, and this is what I'm seeing. And this is what I'm seeing with young people, millennials and Gen Zers, is we've got to be better planners and give better advice to families in order to plan great funeral services, you know? And given a little more time, you can plan a better service, right? That's, that's the whole point. I agree, and you know it's not like you're just dreaming this up either. We're this is these are, these are this is feedback that we get from funeral homes who are doing these types of things right. too. Exactly. So that's if you, if I'm going to make a prognostication, the prognostication is that families are going to push funeral homes and funeral homeowners and funeral directors into desiring to plan funerals out further, and we should actually lead that by encouraging them to do that. Very good, Chris. Thank you for coming in. Uh, I'm going to check in with you here in a couple months and see if you can come back and follow up on this and see how it's going. I'd love to do it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rob. I really appreciate it. If you would like to reach out to us about this episode or this series, please visit us online at funeraldirectorslife.com forward slash FD Talks. There you can find information about this episode and submit any comments, suggestions, or feedback about our series. 
And we also welcome your ideas for future episodes. Join us next time on FD Talks as we explore ideas, insights, and solutions for serving families in a rapidly changing marketplace.